Blog Talk Radio.
Hallelujah. Thank God that Jesus is the light in the darkness. You're listening to Reaching Out Radio International tonight or whenever you happen to be tuning in to In the Word with Sister Pearl broadcast. And what a joy, what a privilege, what an honor it is to be with you on a very special day uh, for those of us in the United States of America and in many other countries around the world listening in. We are celebrating Father's Day. So the first thing I want to say is happy Father's Day to all of the wonderful fathers that are listening in to the program tonight. God bless you. God has a a very special um, blessing for all of you that he has allowed to be fathers. So uh, from all of us at Reaching Out Radio International, On behalf of our founder and our leader, Evangelist Montel Fields, and all of the wonderful hosts that you listen to every day and throughout the weeks and months on Reaching Out Radio International, we want to wish you a blessed and a joyful, happy Father's Day. God bless you. The Word of God tells you to train up a child in the way that he or she should go. And that's very clear. That is a command from the Lord directly to you fathers and you mothers. Uh, He didn't tell you to let the school train your children or the government, but that responsibility to train your child is up to you. And so another reason why it's so important for you to be a godly father and to be under the lordship of Jesus Christ, because he will lead and guide you as you are leading an exemplary lifestyle in front of your wife and your children, as you're providing for your family, as you discipline your children, as you spend time with them. Always remember that time is not wasted, but it is valuable time that they will remember for the rest of their lives. Uh, You are to have compassion on your children, and um, don't provoke them, as the Word of God teaches us not to do in Ephesians chapter 6 and 4. And, and remember the example that we had from that wonderful father in Luke chapter 15. And we read there, verses 20 to 24, especially um, that that father never gave up on his son. But if you want to read the entire story, You can read the story of the prodigal son who left his father's home, left from the covering of his father, but later on he returned. And so that exhorts you fathers never to give up on your children. And please do pray for them as we are exhorted in 1 Chronicles chapter 29 and 19. Pray for your children. So again, I want to bless All of you, tremendous fathers, and even for some of you that feel like, well, maybe I haven't done all that I should do. Don't worry about that. Just you can have a brand new start. Just humble yourself before the the hands of God. Allow God to lead and guide you. Surrender your life completely to him, and he will make you be 
to be the exact type of father that your children need. So today I want to encourage you, all of you fathers, uh, just know that God loves you so very much and he has a great plan for you, for your wife, for your children. He has a great plan for you fathers. And again, we wish you and pray for you a very, very uh, happy, joyous Father's Day. For some of you, that day is already completed. For some of you, um, this is, you know, it's over already. Uh, for others, you are even in Pacific time, and so you're even uh, behind my time in Eastern Daylight Time, but you're still in Father's Day. But wherever, whenever you happen to be listening to this, even if it's not Father's Day, I want to commend you, fathers, because, and I want to encourage you, because so many times in today's society, um, people jest and they make fun and they mock fathers, but you are so special in the eyes of God, and you're so special in the eyes of your children. Always know that, no matter how they behave, no matter how they act, there's nobody that can take your place, Dad. Uh, You are special because God called you to be a father. So just know that and know that if he called you, he will certainly equip you. He has anointed you to be the dad that your children need. So, again, I, I took these 10 minutes just to say we love you, fathers. We appreciate you here at Reaching Out Radio International. Uh, We pray for you. You mean so very much to us and especially to uh, the Lord and to your family. So just be encouraged when the enemy tries to discourage you and tell you all kinds of lies and try to bring you into a place of despondency and despair. Know that God is always there for you and he loves you so very, very much. So happy Father's Day. So. Again, to uh, all of our nations around this globe, listening tonight to In the Word with Sister Pearl, if you've been listening to the past three weeks, you know that we've been following a theme uh, from the song, the wonderful song, Waymaker. It talks about how God is a waymaker. He's a, a miracle worker. He's a promise keeper. And so we've spoken on that, how God makes a way where there seems to be no way, where there's not even a doorway, and he makes a way. We talked about uh, God being um, a miracle worker. And last Sunday, we talked about God being a promise keeper. Tonight, I'm going to talk about him being light in the darkness, He is definitely light in the darkness. And if there was a time to experience light in the darkness, my friends, my brothers, my sisters in Christ, and all of you that might be listening, even if you're not in the household of faith just yet, I want you and I welcome you to listen to tonight's broadcast, Light in the Darkness. Because if ever we needed to experience his light in the darkness, it's, it's today. It's now. With so many influences via social media, uh, on television, on um, huge billboards, 
the radio, magazines, you name it, et cetera, et cetera, one's, one's mind can easily become filled with dark distractions. And instead, we need to focus on the light in the darkness. And that light is none less than Jesus Christ, our risen Savior. Jesus is that light. He told us, as it was recorded in the Gospel of John, chapter 8 and verse 12, again, Jesus spoke to them saying, I am the light of the world, follows me, will not walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. Wow. I want to read that again, and I'm sure I'm going to read it again before the end of this broadcast, but let me read it for the second time. Again, Jesus spoke to them saying, I am the light of the world. Whoever, whoever follows me, meaning Jesus, will not walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. John chapter 8, verse 12. So would you just, uh, if you can, bow your head with me in a word of prayer. If not, if it's not convenient to bow your head and close your eyes, you can just pray with me with your eyes wide open and without even bowing your head. Just believe and agree with me in faith as I pray for us in this broadcast. Heavenly Father, I come in no other name but the matchless, miraculous, marvelous, majestic name that is above every other name that can be named in heaven or earth. I am coming in the name of Jesus. And Heavenly Father, I just thank you that you truly are light in the darkness. You are that light. And you will continue to be that light until you call us home. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much. Thank you for that wonderful song that we heard at the, at the very start of tonight's broadcast. And thank you that it's not just a song that sounds nice. But it is a reality that, Jesus, you are the light in the darkness. And I'm asking you, Father, to allow the light of your son, Jesus, to shine on this broadcast this evening. Shine on your servant as I bring forth the word that you placed in my heart. God, I pray that you cause all distraction, all hindrances, all blockages, to flee from every individual that is trying to listen and focus tonight. We know that the enemy of our soul does not want us to listen to the truth, does not want us to listen to those things that will set us free. But, Father, in the name of Jesus, we take authority over every distraction, and we thank you, Lord God that you're opening up our minds and opening up our hearts and opening up our understandings so that we might receive what it is that you want to drive home to us tonight. And we know that it is the theme that you're the light in the darkness. I pray, God, 
that you would captivate the hearts of everyone listening, every man, every woman, every boy, every girl, every young person, every elderly person, continent around the globe, listening to Reaching Out Radio International right now. God, touch your people, draw your people to you, be glorified, use this message to bring clarity where there was confusion and to bring people out of darkness into your marvelous light. I pray in Jesus' name, amen and amen. Have you ever been in a room that was totally pitch black? I mean in a place where there was not even a sliver or a little bit of light entering the room. There was total and complete darkness all around you. How did you feel in such an environment where you could not tell who else or what else was in the place you were in? Now, if you're anything like Sister Pearl, being in such a situation where you cannot see where you're going or, or I cannot know what I may be bumping into or, or what may be coming at you or me, it is a very scary place to be, is it not? Of course it is. Well, for most people who are in darkness for the first time, at least that is usually how they feel. However, the longer one remains in darkness, it is amazing how we start to acclimate or become accustomed to the darkness. And little by little, we begin to make our way around the room. Our eyes begin to adjust to the new dark surroundings. And little by little, we can navigate around that dark environment. Now, what I've just described is what is happening to millions of individuals all around the world in this present hour. When we are young, unless for the highly unusual circumstance where one's parents or guardians have been given over completely to Satan and they purposefully trained their children to do evil things, the great majority of us are innocent. And we become very uncomfortable when thrust into dark, menacing, and sinful situations or territories. However, if we encounter the darkness or immoral negative for an extended amount of time, or, or, or another way to put it, for long enough, our human nature begins to adapt to the darkness and the wrongdoing in our society. And then we, you and I, begin indulging in that darkness. Before the presence and power of Christ in our lives, you and I have become a part of the darkness. Jesus teaches us in John, the Gospel of John, 
chapter 3, verses 19 to 21, that this entire issue of light versus darkness is of critical importance for every person created after the image and likeness of God to clearly understand. Now, today, you know that there is a great push, and if you don't know it, you should know it, there's a great push and emphasis to erase the undeniable fact that there is right versus wrong, there's life versus death, there's good versus evil, and saved versus lost. There is also light versus darkness. And what I'm speaking tonight is exactly that, light versus darkness. Light versus darkness. Wow. Well, let me go back and and read to you what I said I was going to read to you out of John chapter 3 verses 19 through 21 says like this and this is the judgment the light has come into the world we're talking about Jesus Christ he is the light that's come into the world and people loved the darkness rather than the light because their works were evil for everyone who does wicked things hates the light and does not come to the light lest his or we can put in hers her works should be exposed but whoever does what is true comes to the light so that it may be clearly seen that his works have been carried out in God. Now, let let me just try to break that down and explain it a little bit more. According to the website BibleReasons.com, they say, and I quote, what does the Bible say about darkness? When scripture talks about darkness, usually it is referring to a sinful path. Jesus is the light, while Satan is darkness. Spiritually blind people are living in darkness. You remember the time that, now this is me talking, I'm not quoting from Bible reasons now, but do you remember the time that Jesus told a group of people that you are of your father, the devil. And so Jesus told them that they belong to their father, the devil. Those of us that have placed our lives in Jesus Christ have repented of our sins. We're not children of the devil, but we're children of God. When we put our faith and our trust and our confidence in God. But going back to this definition of and what BibleReasons.com is explaining, they're saying spiritually blind people are living in darkness. They can't understand the gospel or biblical things. They can't see. 
They are blind. And they can't see that they're on the path that leads to hell. If they had light, they would turn other direction. People who are consumed with their sin will not go near the light because their sins will be exposed. Now, that's the end of the BibleReasons.com quotation. Now, I'm going to share with you something that I often use. I'm talking about your sister Pearl. I often use the analogy of, a, of an apartment or a home that's infested with roaches. I know some of you are going to say you've never seen a roach, but I know the majority of us have seen a roach or two in our lifetime. So if you've ever seen a roach, which is an insect, an annoying, disgusting insect, if you've ever seen a roach or roaches, they love to come out of their hiding when there is an absence of light. But the moment the person, if it's a single person living in that apartment or if it's a family in their apartment or their home, the minute that person or that family who lives there returns home and flicks on, or if you don't understand what flicks on means, or puts on or turns on the light switch, then you will notice the roach or the roaches running like crazy back in their hole. Why? The roaches will do anything possible to escape the light because the light exposes their evil deeds. And just as it is in the natural, so it is in the spiritual. Those who engage, now I'm talking about human beings, those persons and people who engage in evil will always prefer to remain in darkness. So now let me read John chapter 3, verses 19 through 21 again. And it might make some more sense. And this is the judgment. The light has come into the world, and people loved the darkness rather than the light because their works were evil. For everyone who does wicked things hates the light and does not come to the light, lest or so that his works or her works should be exposed. In other words, they don't want their evil deeds to be known. So that's why they want to remain in darkness. Then the Bible goes on to say, Verse 21, but whoever does what is true comes to the light so that it may be clearly seen that his works have been carried out in God. And I just read for you for the second time, John, talking about the Gospel of John, chapter 3, verses 19 through 21. Now, this is the marked difference of those who are following the true and genuine Jesus of the Bible. 
from those engaged in cults and false doctrines, what the Bible calls the doctrines of demons. I remember, and I'm talking about me personally, I remember being approached twice by followers of one particular cult when I was in a country in Asia. Now, this cult is called the Church of Almighty God. I'm going to expose them tonight because I believe that there's at least one of you listening. As I was preparing this message, I believe the Spirit of God wants me to specifically call this cult out by name. They call themselves the Church of Almighty God, and they're also known as Eastern Lightning. Now, what they teach people, they teach them that Jesus has returned as a Chinese woman. And this group is non-Trinitarian, meaning that they do not believe in God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. They don't believe in that at all. This group publishes the revelation of its female person that they're calling. Now she's calling herself God Almighty. Okay? And a lot of their teachings are written in articles and and periodicals called The Word Appears in the Flesh. Now, this is heresy. This is not a true teaching. This is not a true gospel. This is a false gospel. And you need to know that because this particular teaching, they go all over the world right now. Now, basically, the two leaders, it's a man and a woman, they've moved to America. When, when some of their, their, their followers approached me, they were still living in that nation in Asia. But now the two main leaders, they escaped to America. And from America, they're still, you know, promoting and proselytizing and trying to get people to believe this heresy. First of all, when Jesus returns, everyone is going to know it. It's not going to be secret. That's why I can tell you that this teaching is of darkness. The Bible specifically says it like this. Paul taught his spiritual son Timothy this, 1 Timothy chapter 4, verses 1 and 2. Now, the Spirit expressly says that in later times, some will depart from the faith by devoting themselves to deceitful spirits and teachings of demons through the the insincerity of liars whose consciences are seared. Let me say it again. First Timothy. This is in the New Testament. First Timothy chapter 4, verses 1 through 2. Now, the Spirit expressly says that in later times, some will depart from the faith by devoting themselves to deceitful spirits and teachings of demons through the insincerity of liars whose consciences are seared. 1 Timothy 4, 1 and 2. Another false teaching 
So you got church of the the church of Almighty God is a false teaching. It's a cult, also known as Eastern Lightning. So if you have been approached by anybody or been given one of their books called The Word Appears in the Flesh, it's all lies, it's all heresy, it's all demon teachings. It is not true. Jesus has not yet returned. And when he does return, he will come not as a woman, which the church of the almighty God, they teach that he's come back as a woman. This is all heresy. This is all fake. And again, they don't tell their followers that in the beginning, but when they get you in and they've already got you brainwashed, then they begin to teach you all of this false garbage. Same thing with the Sung Young Moon followers. They used to follow this man um, from South Korea. And now, of course, they change it to another name. But it's the same type thing. They've still got a lot of followers. And if you know about them, they do like mass weddings. And they marry like hundreds of couples at the same time. They pick out who is to be your husband and who is to be your wife. Now, what they teach is, again, darkness. Because what they teach is that their leader, Sung Young Moon, that he became Christ and that he you know, that was married, he and his wife, they're the ones that we should be following. But, of course, he died, and he was not resurrected because he's not Christ. It's false teaching. But this is what's happening in these, these days. So whenever a teaching or a belief system has some type of top grit involved, you can know immediately that they are not, teaching the truth of the Bible, but they're deceiving those who follow them, who follow them. Now, the Apostle Paul taught his spiritual son, Timothy, not only Timothy, but he taught the entire church that was under his teaching in the New Testament times. He, he taught them in Colossians 1 and 13 that Jesus, it says he, meaning Jesus, has delivered us from the domain of darkness and transferred us to the kingdom of his beloved son. And let me just say for those of you that might be caught up in another false teaching, there was another false teaching and a false cult called the children of God. That's what they called their church, the children of God. Of course, you and I that have given our lives to Jesus, we're the true children of God. But this was a cult called the children of God. And what they did, um, the leader of that cult, he got into a lot of sexual perversions. And he began to sexually abuse the women that were following his teaching. And he was telling the husbands that, that he should be able to have sexual relations with their wives and their daughters. Now, whenever you hear something like that, this is completely from darkness. This is perversion. This has nothing to do with Jesus. But sometimes these people in a cult, they mix, they take a Bible verse 
or a few Bible verses, and then they mix it and they pollute it with their own sexual perverted appetites. And the next thing you know is that, you know, they're indulging in all kinds of filth and perversion and putting a Christian quote-unquote label on top of it. If you're involved in anything like that, run. Run and get out of there as quickly as possible. And I'm going to tell you something. I never planned to share anything like this of what I just said. But I've shared it by the Spirit of God because some of you have gotten confused and some of you have gotten turned aside and some of you are following the way of darkness and not the way of Jesus, not the way of light. Let me read to you another scripture verse found in the epistle of John. First John chapter 1, verses 5 through 7. This is the message we've heard from him and proclaimed to you, that God is light, and in him is no darkness at all. If we say we have fellowship with him while we walk in darkness, we lie and do not practice the truth. But if we walk in the light, As he is in the light, we have fellowship with one another, and the blood of Jesus, his son, cleanses us from all sin. Now, I'm going to speak to a young person, whether it be a teen, whether it be an adolescent, whether it be a five-year-old, a six-year-old, a four-year-old, a 24-year-old, if you're in a church a place that it claims to be a church of God. And the pastor is trying to speak to you, you know, just you and him or just you and her, if it happens to be a female, you know. And then they tell you something like, okay, this is just between you and me. This is a secret. I don't want you to discuss this with anyone else. And if you're a young person, definitely don't tell your parents Don't tell your guardian. Don't tell your best friend. This is just between you and me. You know, God has given me special powers, and he's given me an opportunity to be with you personally. And then they try to sexually seduce you. Run away from that. That is not a Christian leader. Anybody who's trying to engage you in sexual sin Run. God has not told them to do that. Most of the time, these people are already married. So the only one that they should be involved with sexually is their husband or their wife. Not with children in the church, not with young men or young women in the church, little boys and little girls in the church. This is evil. This is not of God. That's the way of darkness. Jesus has nothing whatsoever to do with that. So if you're in that kind of an environment, you need to run. In the name of Jesus, ask him to protect you 
and run out of there and discuss it with someone you can trust, like your parents or you know, somebody who really is concerned about you and who will never abuse you or try to touch you in a wrong way. Again, I don't know why I'm saying this, but I'm going to be led of the Spirit of God. That's what I always pray, that God would lead me. There's a reason that I'm saying this. People that are listening tonight, there's some of you, not all of you, that need to hear exactly what I'm saying. Wow. Again, Jesus said, John 8, 12, I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me will not, I repeat, not walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. Jesus is the light. Come to Jesus. Come to Jesus. Come to Jesus. Luke. Luke chapter 1 verse 79 says it this way. Jesus came to give light to those who sit in darkness and in the shadow of death to guide our feet into the way of peace. When you're walking in the light, you're in peace. You're not in confusion. Wow. Wow. Now, all of us were at some time when we did not know Jesus, when we did not follow Jesus, before we had surrendered our lives to Jesus, you and I were in darkness. It could be different kind of darkness. It could be a host of different types of darkness. But once you come to the light of Jesus, once you come and let him be your master, when you surrender your life to him, when you've repented of your sins, when he washes you in the blood that he shed for you on Calvary's cross, then the word of God tells us in Ephesians 5 and 8, for at one time you were darkness. But now you are light in the Lord. So not only is Jesus the light of the world, but because we have his spirit living in us once we are repented of our sins and he, he gave us his Holy Spirit to abide in us, then we become light in this world. And then we get a command from God, walk as children of light. Do not walk as children of the dark or darkness. We're commanded by the Lord to walk as children of light. Choose to walk in the light because Jesus is the light. He says, I am the light of the world. Amen. I love that. And anybody who follows him, they're not walking in darkness. He delivered us. Colossians 1.13 says, he's delivered us. He's taken us out of. He's lifted us up from the domain of darkness. And he's transferred us to the kingdom of his beloved son. Can you see this transaction taking place? Hallelujah. Can you, can you see what God is doing? He has delivered us from under the domain of darkness. When we were not walking with Jesus Christ, 
when we had not yet surrendered our lives to his lordship, you and I were living in darkness. And you might say, oh, Sister Pearl, I was not living in darkness. No, you were living in darkness. I was living in darkness. You don't have to have been a murderer or, a, or an adulterer or a thief to be living in darkness. If you've ever done anything that grieved the Spirit of God, offended God who is holy, you were living in darkness. So all of us, the Bible tells us clearly, all of us have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. All of us were born in sin and shaped in iniquity. All of us were in the domain of darkness. All of us were under the umbrella of the enemy. But praise be to God. Paul tells the church at Colossians that Jesus has delivered us from the domain, from that banner, from the covering of darkness, from the territory of darkness, and transferred us to the kingdom of his beloved son. So we're talking about Jesus. Talking about Jesus. Wow. So you and I that have been transferred into the kingdom of his beloved son, then we have a responsibility to, as, as we read in Ephesians 5, verse 11, take no part unfruitful works of darkness, but instead expose them. Wow. So, so not only have we been transferred to the new kingdom, the kingdom of God, the kingdom of his beloved son, but then we're given instruction. Now that we've been transferred out of the domain of darkness and into the kingdom of, of light under his lordship, under the beloved son, the Lord Jesus, then we're told, well, look, Pearl, I don't want you to take part in the unfruitful works of darkness. See, you and I still have free will. So you and I can still, if we're not obedient to God, we can choose to take part in the unfruitful works of darkness. Because when you're working in darkness, you don't bear the fruit of the Lord Jesus. You don't bear the fruit. I don't bear the fruit of the Holy Spirit. And that's why Paul told the church at Ephesus, take no part in the unfruitful works of darkness. Because all that is is, is, is going to be against God. There's, there's no fruit in that. The kingdom of God is not being built up when you and I partake in the works of darkness. What it is, we're actually pulling down the kingdom of God. That's a sad thing. That's a sad thing to be taking place and taking part in the unfruitful works of darkness. Now, I know some Christians that are guilty of that. Actually, you know, I've probably been guilty of that from one time to the other. 
Because if it wasn't what Jesus was telling me to do, then it was dark. Either I'm doing what Jesus told me to do or I'm doing something else. If I'm doing something else, it's dark. It's going into darkness. And instead of me being partaker of that, I need to expose the darkness. You need to expose the darkness. Wow. I'm going to read to you, and some of you are going to find this, you know, a little hard to swallow, but this is the word of God. It's not about us feeling comfortable. It's about us getting right with God who is holy and for us not to grieve the spirit of God and to get out of the will of God and the covering of God. The Bible tells us in 2 Corinthians chapter 6 and verse 14, do not be unequally yoked with unbelievers. Do not. This is a command. This is not like a, you know, something that's optional. You and I, as Christ followers, should not be unequally yoked with unbelievers. You know what really gets me is when you have somebody claiming to be a follower of Christ. They're single. They're not married. And then they go and, and marry someone. If they're a man, they marry a woman that's not in the Lord. If it's a woman, she marries a man that's not in the Lord. And the Bible specifically tells us, Paul the Apostle told the church at Corinth, and that applies to you and me. It's not just for the church at Corinth. It applies to everybody who's a believer in the Lord Jesus Christ. Do not be unequally yoked with believers. When you go and put yourself to marry, committing your life, that's a full-time, 100% commitment that you go and marry them because hopefully you'll have children with them. So now you've got a family that, you're, that you've created under the, the banner of Christ, hopefully. Why, why would you go and hook up with an unbeliever? Somebody, look what, let me read the whole verse and I'll explain more. Do not be unequally yoked with unbelievers. And this is for somebody else who's listening tonight, too. Do not marry that man. Do not marry that woman. If you're walking with the Lord and they're not walking with the Lord, do not marry them, especially in 2022 when things are getting so difficult. For what partnership has righteousness with lawlessness? Or what fellowship has light with darkness? How are you going to be able to pray together if they're not having Jesus as their Lord? How are you going to be able to sit down and have a conversation and talk about the goodness of God or talk about about prayer or, or talk about how you're going to commit something to the Lord? How are you going to do that? If you are in the light, but then you're having fellowship with darkness, and even more closely, you're marrying somebody who's under the domain of darkness, whose father is of the devil. Wow. 
That's deep. We're talking tonight. What is our message tonight? Light in the darkness. So I'm exposing it. We're talking about light in the darkness. Amen. Amen. Wow. Let me read to you another verse. It's also found in the epistle of John, the first epistle. This time it's 1 John chapter 2, verse, verses 8 through 11. At the same time, it is a new commandment that I am writing to you, which is true in him and in you, because the darkness is passing away and the true light is already shining. Whoever says he is in the light and hates his brother is still in darkness. Whoever loves his brother abides in the light, and in him there is no cause for stumbling. But whoever hates his brother is in the darkness and walks in the darkness and does not know where he's going because the darkness has blinded his eyes. This is a true saying. We cannot say that we're in the light and hate our brothers or hate our sisters. Now, sometimes, if it's an extreme situation where that person claims to be a brother or claims to be a sister, but all they know how to do morning, noon, and night is to do evil, to say evil, to condemn, to lie, then you cannot have fellowship with that kind of an individual because they're no longer in the light. They have turned themselves over to darkness. It's sad, but it's true. But you, you continue to love them. You continue to bless them. But do not let them cause you to stumble. Do not allow them to rob you of your peace that God has given you. Amen. Let them be by themselves until they can repent of the wickedness that they've allowed themselves to engage in. Wow. First John chapter 2, verses 8 through 11. Ephesians chapter 6, verse 12. We're almost to the close of tonight's message. For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the cosmic powers over this present darkness, against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly places. Jesus is our light in the darkness. And your sister Pearl is encouraging you to draw very, 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 very close to him. We are living in times that are getting darker with each day. The societies that we live in worldwide are getting darker. Darker means they're pushing away from God moment by moment. And the more a person 
a region, a nation goes away from God is the darker they become individually, regionally, globally. The closer we come to the Lord Jesus, we're able to receive and to be under his light. First John 1, 5, and this is the message we've heard from him and proclaimed to you that God is light and in him is no darkness at all. If the pearl encourages you to the light, come and let Jesus deliver you from all the darkness, from all the evil, from all the wickedness. Let the Lord cleanse you. Let the Lord put his Holy Spirit in you and make you to be light in him. Leave the darkness. Come to the light. Come to Jesus. Let me pray for you. Heavenly Father, in the name of Jesus, I pray for every man, every woman, every boy, every girl, every grandma, every grandpa, every aunt, every uncle, every cousin, every friend listening to this message tonight, that you're the light in the darkness. Heavenly Father, help us to come to you so that you might shower us with your light and deliver us from this horrible darkness that's steadily encroaching in our world. Lord, help us to shine for you if we have been saved, if we have the Spirit of God living in us. Help us to shine as lights in this world, O oh God, to help other men and women come to know Jesus whom to know is life eternal. God bless the listeners. If there's anybody listening to this broadcast that does not know you as their personal Savior and Lord, God help them to cry out to you, help them to repent of their sins, and invite your Holy Spirit to come and to live with them. And we know you will shed your light on them and make them brand new. So this is tonight. Jesus is light in the darkness. God bless you. May heaven shine upon you until we meet again next time within the word with your sister Pearl. God bless you. I love you and Jesus loves you even more. Bye-bye.